was just awkwardly standing there. It's always because of Acorn that people approach me. So this guy comes up. I'm in a climbing gym in South Florida. He's wearing a striking hat. No one in Florida wears hats like that. He approached me to pet her. And I noticed his tattoos. They were striking. His eyes were very green. His voice, but seriously, he's inked with an old written language. He's got an ancient cave painting on his upper arm. And my favorite snake traces all the way down to his hand. We fell in love. I flew to Alaska to work, he flew to Indonesia to be himself, and we never met again. And it was because of Acorn. And in a lot of ways, the reason I'm in a van is because of her too. Welcome to the Sea Wandering Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney C. I want to be brutally honest with you guys in every episode. I have a lifestyle that's a bit unconventional, but I hope it inspires you to do something a little different in life whenever your heart calls for it. I've been living in my van for a little over three years now, and I'm heading south, driving the Pan Americas, summiting the highest peak in every country along the way, experiencing the need for conservation of the last left wild places firsthand and figuring out my place to help. Right now, I'm parked on a side street in San Cristobal de las Casas in southern Mexico. I've not ever really lived in a city out of a van before, except that time I ran away to explore Seattle when the city streets shut down and I had it to myself. But that's another story. In the last podcast, I mentioned I'm looking for my place to help protect wild places and sort of find my place in conservation, and I might have manifested that. I touched base on some bad luck I've had recently with getting robbed and on a A better note, some exploring I did in Canyon Rio La Venta. I have a new window on the van now, by the way. It didn't really fit, and the guys installing it, all six of them, took turns banging metal out of shape. It doesn't really roll up or down without sputtering, though, but I'm grateful for it. In this episode, I want to talk about how I planned to live in a van, what it was like getting started. It's going to be a bit different than you probably expect. I also want to talk about ideas I have about how people... Some people have a predisposition to make more unconventional life choices and what can kind of lead to a lifestyle that's less of the norm. I really appreciate you being here on this journey while I figure out how to podcast. I really didn't have an introductory episode, so maybe that's this one. I don't know. I already launched. I can't go back now. At least I don't really know how to. I wouldn't know where to start, even if I did declare something the beginning. So here goes nothing, episode two. I really, I really don't want this podcast to be super scripted and sound like I'm just reading all the time. Uh, So I hope that that, that it doesn't. Uh, Part of the reason I haven't launched this episode yet or really put energy into scheduling and making sure it's all organized around here is because I've never had that in my life, but also... The provider of funding for the platform that I've been writing on, like if anyone wanted to want to pay or donate for a subscription, they denied me. And I just felt so surprised. It was a blow. I feel like I just wanted things to kind of work in my favor for once. And when they just denied me, I don't know. But I sent a bunch of emails somehow right now, live, as I'm recording this. I got an email and I'm approved and I feel like I can breathe again. So thanks for being here.
let's get right into how I planned for van life. I didn't. It was never on the top of my list of ways I wanted to see the world, but somewhere between adopting a dog, finding rock climbing, and losing contact with someone who went to Southeast Asia, I just wound up here. I haven't told this story in a long time. It's really deep inside of me at this point and a part of who I am, but I know I can't just leave it at that, but I already described them to you. And yeah, we fell in love, like I mentioned. For the first time, I found someone with similar goals and big dreams that were strikingly similar to mine. But the truth was, it's probably for the best that I couldn't just chase some guy across the world and just leave all my problems and my terminally ill mom behind. I really wanted to move to Southeast Asia to be with him and to pursue conservation and to see that part of the world. But the country wouldn't allow me to bring my dog. There's this thing called rabies-free countries and I couldn't bring her for any price. They just didn't allow dogs from the United States, a rabies country, into theirs. So I had to plan my life around this little creature and I really enjoy having her around and somehow it was easy to just choose her. It always has been. And traveling in a van, it's the best way I can think to compromise with her. We can see the world this way. And honestly, she's just in it for the penguins we're gonna see in Chile. No one ever told me to go to college. No one ever threatened me and said, you're gonna end up living in a van down by the river. And maybe this made me more willing than to just drive away with my bed in the back of an old, rusty 1994 Chevy G20. The months before, I was pacing, I was restless, frustrated, and I was really angry. I took the last semester of college entirely remote. I was a leopard about to pounce. I don't know if you can hear those random pangs, but those are actually fireworks. It's Friday night in Chiapas, Mexico. It's just what the people do here. But I found myself driving to a place I had heard in rumor for some stranger at the climbing gym. And just picture me with my Mini Cooper just putting along the 16 hours to Kentucky for a three-week trip that turned into forever. I watched hundreds of people when I got there, many of them just living in their vehicles, climbing all the time, and it dawned on me that I could just do it too. And it was like a few days into the trip that I called home to tell my mom that I was not ever going to live there again. She was heartbroken and she said, you didn't even say goodbye. And she was right, of course. I mean, she saw me pacing and she knew I was wild. The cage doors had been open for a long time. Ever since I turned 18, the guards of the law left. She wasn't sure when I would run out, but she always knew that I would. But we, we came to an agreement that I would come back, I would sell my Mini Cooper, I would buy a van, and I would really say goodbye. I'm not telling you something. Um, while nothing really hinted that I would make this random decision, when I drove away that second time and said goodbye with just an interview waiting for me at Miguel's Pizza, that campground restaurant for rock climbers, they made it really easy. It would be free for me to live there if only my hunk of rust waited to break down until I pulled up. And I just wanted to live there and the rest of my life I knew I could just figure out later. Much later on, I learned the truth in things, that 
my mother felt abandoned and I can paint this tale of optimism and adventure and I I can assure you that a lot of the last few years have bled sacrifice and sparked and smoked from the things that I have to leave behind and the memories with her that I will never make now that she is no longer with us. When my mom passed away a few years ago, every unfinished thought, every half-understood statement, I just inherited it all. And I know she was proud of me. Past everything else, she was proud, and I do know that. But I don't know why, and I can't ever ask her. I never knew what to do with the ways that she loved me. And all the time, she told me that she was nothing like me and she wished that she was. I, I don't know what to do with that. I still don't know what part of me she was worshiping. And I know it's something inherent to who I am and it's not something that I could ever pick off and examine or something I ever took the compliment for, not even now. My father was abusive and that made it impossible to want to be anything like him. The way my mother told me I was not her it all pushed me somewhere. I think it pushed me to understand something deep inside me. It made me unafraid to be something else. Maybe she was giving me permission not to take after anyone that I knew. Or maybe it was that flat Florida landscape all around me that shortened visibility to what lied beyond and gave rise to my crazy imaginations. I think that to children, parents are the entire world. They're civilization, they're normal, they're conventional, and some children experience that normal, that conventional, to have abandoned them. And all you can do is give up or to take the reins for yourself. And maybe then steering clear of anything normal feels safer to people. And maybe it felt safer to me because I had no real interest in any of the worlds that I knew. And as I grew into myself, my favorite animals were from other continents. My interests were in mountains I'd never met thousands of miles away. Maybe that's because when you have to unbecome the broken way that I would feel as a child, just nothing seemed too outlandish. I wanted to search through jungles before I knew the first thing about those wild places. I don't know when, but I just know at some point in the last three years, I stopped listening. I stopped listening to that voice inside me that got me here originally. The same one that made me jump into the van without much of a plan at all. And I'm sure it was somewhere between my lackluster relationship with rock climbing and the healing after the death of my mother. I know that I didn't need climbing the same way that I did the trauma processing that climbing once served. I stopped paying attention though, and somewhere I think I realized that just living an unconventional life, uh, waking up in a van, traveling across the United States, like it not, it wasn't a goal of mine. Like I wasn't getting anywhere near any of the goals that I, that I really have for myself. And I just had this realization that I was really gonna have to consciously pursue goals against the stream because I know I don't like where the water is heading 
and where it brings most people in life. The water is polluted and it makes me sick. I just want to swim upstream, figure out why it's so filthy. I don't know at what point I thought that just kind of floating or relaxing was going to get me somewhere, but I went back to the drawing board and that's when I decided that I should head south and I should leave the country and I should really find these wild places that mean so much to me. And I know I have more of a plan these days and it's really come to my attention that I need a quest. I need a path towards helping save these last wild places because I want more than anything else to do something to curb civilization's appetite for perpetual growth somehow here on the front lines and I want to tell you guys about about something brought to my attention about a quest that I might accept thank you so much for listening Stay tuned next week for episode three. I'll talk a little bit about my quest. And honestly, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be about. So we'll both be surprised. You can find me anywhere where podcasts are hosted. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm also on Instagram as (laughs) cwandering.